0: To the River of Portland Church Podcast. So glad you tuned in today. I'm your host, Pastor Mike, and today we got an awesome message that was given by Pastor Mays yesterday. The title of it is When Purpose Meets Provision. And let me tell you, I haven't heard such a motivating and empowering sermon in a long time. Pastor Mays put it across in such a way that it was easily understood and but miraculously, just powerful. You know, you could tell when uh, when you have a pastor who who's led by the Holy Spirit. The words that he speaks are not of his own. And this is certainly one of those sermons, man. I'm am, I'm am really excited to get this out to you and let you have the opportunity to listen to it. But anyway, it it speaks about and what he talks about is that every person is 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 given a purpose when God uh, created you when he. When when he when he designed you, there's a purpose that was given to you, but that purpose can lay dormant until that provision is given. And, man, once that provision is given to that purpose and, and you then give way to it, God moves in such a mighty and powerful way, I mean, in you and through you and everyone around you, and it's just, it's so awe-inspiring just to be a part of this, and that purpose, when that is fulfilled, man, your life really truly goes to a whole different level of enjoyment because you know you're doing exactly what you were designed for. Anyway, it's a great sermon, a wonderful sermon. I'm so glad you tuned in today. I know you're going to love it, and it's going to empower you just like it did me. I want to encourage you to come visit us, see us here at the River of Portland. Our Sunday school starts at 10 o'clock over in the Fellowship Hall. Brother Jerry teaches that, and he does a wonderful job with that, and he's actually teaching about God's Word and being kept in it right now. It's just a great series he's working on. And uh, at 11 o'clock, we have our main service over here. And uh, I tell you, it, it is a move of the Holy Spirit like you've never had anywhere else. So I encourage you, invite you, want you to come, get get a taste of what we have here. You know, they say if you stay around the riverbank too long, you'll slide in. And trust me, it's a good place to slide in at. So anyway, God bless you. Glad you tuned in. Have a great and wonderful day. Remember that uh, Jesus is risen. He's king. He loves you, and we love you. God bless.
1: Is it good to come to church where you can worship God? Well, you may be seated a moment. We got all of you loosened up here. Y'all hot? A little bit, okay. Billy, go back on that back desk there. We got uh, some people probably hadn't got this. I'm on a, I don't normally don't. Uh, do this, but I'm going to do this. Bring my book up here a minute. I want to look at it. I was talking to a young man that's a Nazarene. Anybody been a Nazarene? Okay, got one. I was talking to a, to a young man and I've done business with him here a, a long time and a very nice young man. So, uh, But he goes to Nazarene church and thank God for the Nazarenes and um, all the other rings, all of them, and the Baptist rings or whatever. Bless God for all the churches. But anyway, I, I gave this guy, I said, I'm going to give you a copy of this, my book. And said, so, I said, I'm going to tell you now, there's stuff in there that you probably aren't going to believe. I said, you know, it's some stuff that God really done some things in my life. And I said, uh, but I want to give it to you, and you read it. Well, I saw him this week. And um, he said, Pastor, he said, I didn't put your book down. He said, I started reading your book. And he said, I didn't put it down. And he said, it just uh, amazed me. He said, from the time you were a little boy, God had his hand on you. I said, yeah. I said, God, I've had favor in my life. I really have. God has given me so much favor. And anyway, and like I said, he's a Nazarene, and he read the book, and he said, uh, I wonder if you'd come to our Wednesday service sometime at our church. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I mean, I'll come. And just share our Wednesday service. I said, I- I'm going to do that. So... um, Maybe I'll get invited. Well, I've already been invited. Um, we got to get to the preacher lined up, I guess. (laughs) But uh, but anyway, but I just checked this morning, and for all of you that hadn't bought a copy uh, to help out the kingdom of God, there's 12 copies left on Amazon. Twelve. And so if you go home today and uh, you get on Amazon, you can buy the 12 books and they'll be out of them. And maybe that'll help Rick and I. The and and the guy was telling me Rick, the book is just well written, and it's because of you. But I'm gonna I was going to minister this morning on uh, when purpose meets provision. When purpose meets provision. Now, I had a purpose in my life on, on a lot of different things, but one purpose I had in my life was to write a book. But I didn't know how to sit down and write a book. You know what God did? He sent me provision in this church. He sent the provision to fulfill my purpose. Now, we're going to talk about purpose because God instilled purpose into every individual that's alive today or ever been. In uh, 1930... I had read this story several years ago, but in 1930 in Africa, um, there was an African missionary and his wife there in 1930, and so he goes to the garbage dump. They have, in this little village where he was at, they had a garbage dump, and he would go to put his garbage in. And so as he went to the garbage dump that morning, and he threw his garbage in, He heard something crying like a baby, and he looked, and there was a little newborn baby thrown in the garbage, and so he picks up the baby. No one knows who the baby belongs to. He checks around. No one knows. Someone just discarded this child in the garbage, that was in 1930. He took the baby, and he and his wife raised this guy, little guy. They named him Benson. And I can't pronounce the last name. They named him Benson, Gosso, Gossel. I can't pronounce the name. But anyway, they raised this boy, and when the missionary and his wife died, Benson took over the mission, the mission there, and he led thousands of people to the Lord. He was a discarded commodity. But God had birthed purpose into Benson's life. And Benson met provision that fulfilled his purpose in life. Every one of you sitting here this morning has a purpose in your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, whatever. God instilled a purpose into every one of your lives. A purpose, I looked this up just to make sure I knew what it was, it's a sense of resolve or determination. Now, I like to put it this way. Purpose is a seed deposited at your birth that was manifested at the new birth. Purpose was imparted into you when you were born. When you got reborn or at the new birth, Purpose was manifested. Now, after purpose got manifested, to fulfill the purpose, you need provision. Right? Now, in 1 John 3.8, let's read this. The Bible says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, everybody say purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He would destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy there means to raise hell. R-A-Z-E. R-A-Z-E means to utterly destroy. You know, they see, you see buildings, they say, well, we're going to raise this building. That doesn't mean they're raising it up. That means they're tearing it down. So it, the Bible says that Jesus was manifested for the purpose of raising hell, tearing down the strongholds of Satan. That's what his job was. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. When Jesus walked this earth, he had absolutely no power to do anything until he received his provision. Well, now you say, now, Pastor, now you know, now, now, Jesus is Jesus. Jesus was just like you and I. He was a little boy, came up in, 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 in Jerusalem and, and all that, just as a little boy. Now, he did not receive his provision until Matthew. Now, if you turn over to Matthew, we're going to see where Jesus received the provision to his purpose. Now, look what the Bible says in Matthew, the third chapter, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized for him. Why? John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized for you. Jesus said in verse 15, But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Now, look what happened. Jesus with purpose received the provision to fulfill his purpose because here's what happened. When he had been baptized when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, "'This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased.'" Jesus got filled or got the anointing of the Holy Ghost at the River Jordan. Before the River Jordan, Jesus did nothing. Jesus was in in, in birth with purpose, but it was not until the Holy Spirit came upon Him that gave Him the power to fulfill His purpose. Now, i have asked you this question this morning. You have purpose in here. Every one of you got purpose in here this morning. And see, the number one thing that the devil wants to do is steal the Holy Spirit from you and the church. Because when the when the devil can get the Holy Spirit out of the church, he takes the power out of the church. When the Holy Spirit leaves, the power leaves. Now, we have so many churches today, and a lot of, thank God, we're not here that will not allow the Holy Spirit to move. we got all kinds of programs and all kinds of things that look good, sound good, and it, 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 it sounds great, and they can have a great crowd and all of that. But when the anointing of God is not in the service, when the Holy Spirit is not moving in the service, there's no power in the service. Now, you know, we have people here that, that we're believing God for for miracles. Well, they say, well, I had not got it yet. It's going to happen. Because the Word of God is true. And if we believe God and the anointing of God, the Bible says that the anointing will destroy yokes and, and lift burdens off of people. That's what the anointing is for. We believe in the anointing. We, we, we practice the anointing. And so when the Holy Spirit is here, the, your purpose can be fulfilled. Whatever you're believing God for. Now, Jesus got filled or, or uh, got anointed to do his ministry at the River Jordan. But now you know, if you'll turn over to Corinthians in the nine gifts, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 in the nine gifts that we talk about the nine gifts of the Spirit, do you know that you can operate in all nine gifts? All nine gifts were for the church. But do you know that Jesus only operated in seven of them? Because Jesus didn't operate in tongues or interpretation of tongues. That was for you. Well, I I, I mean, I appreciate the excitement. Now, Brother Herb, do you mean that we actually today, that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Well, you don't have to. I just choose to. That is where your power comes from. It's when the Holy Spirit comes. Now, so Jesus got anointed by the the Holy Spirit to do what God called him to do. So we know what what God had called him to do. Now, turn back over into uh, Romans, the eighth chapter. And we're going to look at this morning about the Spirit of God and, and your provision for your purpose. You know, I had um, Miss uh, Peggy came and she called the other day and she said, Pastor, she said, can I come out to church and talk to you? I said, yeah, they come on out. So she came out. And here's what she said. Now, I'm not going to tell them how old you are. Is that okay? Well, I mean, you don't care that I tell them you're 82. 81. Okay. Now, Here's an 81-year-old woman, and, and here's what she said. And she said, Pastor, I'm going to tell you something. She said, I'm tired of not doing nothing. I said, well, okay. She said, I want to get busy in the church doing something. I've been here 23 years. I never had that question asked to me. I said, okay, what do you want to do? She said, I'm bored. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, there's just so much TV you can watch, and it's not fitting to watch, so I know need to watch it. Something, a bug or something. So I said, she said, I'm bored and want to do something. I said, okay, what do you want to do? So she's got a little list back there, and she wants. she said, I could take food to someone who's sick. Well, isn't that what the church ought to be doing? I could, I'm going to move. Something is dripping off that light there. And she said, but, but I want to do something to help someone. I said, okay, we'll see if we can do that. Well, now, 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 that is her purpose. That is her purpose. She has a purpose. See, here's the thing that the devil steals from a lot of people. A lot of you think you don't have no purpose left. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. God has given something and in birth into you to help someone and do something. Do you know that it's not up to the pastor to build the church? The Bible says that sheep beget sheep. what would happen i just I challenge you here. what would happen uh, uh now now uh I've seen some churches that have this, and that's good. I guess it's good. And, and they have some uh, 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 family day or something. for Bring your family or something. Well, a lot of times when the family comes, they don't get along. <laughs> so I would challenge you to say this. Let's just bring a, somebody to church. Just get somebody and bring somebody to church. Suppose what would happen. If next week, if every person in this church brought somebody to church, you know what we'd be in? We'd be in a building program. When we were missionaries in Panama uh, several years ago, I'd done the opening of a church for a young man that had built a church. And so... uh, and he had a big warehouse in Panama City, Panama. And that night that we done the 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 grand opening of his church, I would say at least a thousand people. Would you say, Miss Becky? I mean, it was this warehouse was packed with people. In five years, I said, "How'd you get this many people?" He said, "In five years, this is how many people I got." I said, "How'd you get it?" He said, seven of us started in my apartment five years ago." My wife, uh, and it was, it was seven of us that started. So he said, God gave me this. And he said, and it was in Spanish, so I, didn't, I can't say Spanish. But he said, God gave me this. Tell one, win one. Tell one, win one. So he said, when we got that motto of tell one, win one, what happened was everybody started bringing one. It's almost like the uh, a pyramid, only it's not a scheme. <laughs> and so he said, "What happened was uh, Mike would tell someone, he'd bring them to church, they'd stay, and they'd tell someone. And in five year time, he had a thousand people. I preached that night. They didn't have no air conditioning or anything. In Panama, it's probably ninety five degrees at night." And so I preached that night, and at 11 o'clock, we started at 7. Now, we're not going to go that long today. I'm planning on 2, but... But at 11 o'clock, started at 7, my clothes are soaking wet. My shirt's dripping. And when we finally got through... Uh, this pastor said, uh, 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 Brother Herb, I was sure wishing you'd go a little longer. My God, I could hardly stand up. But those people were excited about things of God. If we could get excited, my God, let me tell you something. God woke you up this morning. It's by the grace of God that you got out of bed this morning. It's by His grace that He brought you here this morning. I thank God you're here. But what we're saying is, everybody has a purpose for to do something in the body of Christ, and so if we fulfill our purpose, God will give you the provision. Whatever you need, He'll give you the provision to fulfill your purpose. Now, look here. The Bible says in Romans eight chapter, verse twenty-six. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Romans, the 5th the, the, the chapter, 8th chapter, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that means walking by sight and walking by your feeling, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind, that's your mind, is enmity against God as is not subject to the law of God. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. There's not a person in here today that doesn't want to be a God-pleaser. But you please God by operating in the Spirit. Listening to the Spirit. Now... Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in Teresa, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to Teresa's mortal body because His Spirit dwells in you. See, look, when we get a hold of this, that when we start operating in the Spirit, we bypass the flesh. When we can operate in the Spirit, we bypass carnal things. Now, verse 14 for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Helen Keller, the blind lady who created the burial, Helen Keller said this statement, "There's only one thing worse than being born blind. That is to have sight and can't see. Isn't that something? She said, that's the only thing worse than being blind is that you've got sight and you can't see what God's done for you. And you can't see what God's got for you. Now, he said, the Spirit, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God... Joint heirs with Christ, and if we, if we indeed suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. Now, the church, for the most part, is blinded to what God's got for us. We've been been, been cold, so caught up. With the the Bible talks about the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and all of this stuff that wants to distract us from the things of God. God wants us operating in the Spirit, because we are a Spirit. Amen. Now God has already given us and given us provision. You know the I'm not going to turn there, but you know the story of Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Well, God, Jonah didn't listen to God. What did God do? God caused a whale to swallow him up. The Bible says in Jonah that God spoke to the whale. So God spoke to the provision that was going to deliver Jonah. So God spoke to the fish and, and swallowed Jonah up. Also, uh, a few scriptures down, the Bible says that God uh, spoke again. To the fish, the second time, and told the fish to spit him out. Now, if God can talk to a fish and cause a fish to swallow you and then tell you to spit you out, God can do anything that you need. There's not somebody hit your neighbor and say there's nothing impossible with God. Now, I thought this was very interesting because later in that the book of Jonah, over in the third chapter, it said there that uh, Jonah finally said, well, I'm going to go to Nineveh. And the Bible says at that passage of Scripture that Nineveh was a three-day journey in extent. In other words, it's three days longer than three days, but it's in extent. The Bible says when when Jonah got off the, the, got out of the fish, when he got on dry land, there was three day walk to Nineveh. But the Bible says that Jonah entered Nineveh on the first day. Now you didn't get that. From the time he spit Jonah out on the ocean, there's three day walk. But Jonah had done a learn something in the meantime. You don't fool with these whales. And I done been in the belly three days, and it's time now to do something. The Bible says on the first day he come into Nineveh doing what he was supposed to do. God had already given him provision to do that. Now, God wants to do that for you. And, 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 and God wants you operating in the power and the provision of the Holy Spirit because He's given that to you. He's given, you know, to walk by, to listen to the Spirit. Now, you know, I'm an old man. And there's one thing that I have learned over the years is try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I've tried to listen and, 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 and do things. And I've learned long enough how to decipher certain things or discern, I put it this way, discern certain things. Now, I found out, now, you know, I pick on my little bride a lot, but we've been married 52 years, and I know she's not going anywhere. <laughs> so I can pick on her sometime, But it's like, now, this Sunday afternoon, this will happen. I guarantee you this is going to happen. Uh, we would be there, and it'll be about 3 o'clock. And uh, she'll say, well, I tell you, hot fudge Sunday would be nice, wouldn't it? 'Cause she wants a hot fudge Sunday from Dairy Queen. So I will say uh she'll just kinda mention that and I said, Well, do you want me to go get you one? Oh no, 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 don't go get one. You know what that means? That means get your hind end in the car and go to Dairy Queen and get me the hot fudge sundae. So I already know that's what it meant. I had to learn how so that's her, yeah. See, I found out with being married. Now, this will help some of you men. I found out being married that no means yes. Yes means no. So I don't understand. It's the thinking women have. It's something God put into them. And so they play mind games with you. But see, I done figured it all out. Let me tell you something, man. The quicker you figure it out, the happier your life will be. So, so figure it out real quick. But see, that's just, just discerning the Spirit. And so see, God operates in the same way, in, in the spiritual part of it. The Bible says that He will lead you in all truth. How is He going to lead you? Through your Spirit. Now, I share this with you all, and I know you all don't believe it, but that's okay. But I get in my truck or my car, I leave here. I said, now, Lord, it's like going to White House. There's about two or three different ways to get to White House. And so I said, now, Lord, now, do you want me to go go this way? Or should I take 76 all the way? I mean, what way? Y'all looking like me like, man, he is really crazy. <laughs> but see, you can train your spirit and God will talk to you. It's your senses to the spirit. God, to talk. well, how does He talk to you? He just, He's up there and He says, "Hey, Bubba." No, no, no. He talks to you in your spirit. It, it, what is that? It's the knowing. It's just knowing. You know. It's like with you, uh, Crystal. God didn't have to tell you you was pregnant. You knew, right? You're pregnant, and you're gonna have a baby. And it's gonna come very soon now. And then he said, Praise God. <laughs> you didn't want to say it, but that's what you wanted. Praise God. You know. But the Spirit will, will, will let you know things that's gonna happen. And he'll he'll show you things. So then if we could if we can operate in the spirit, then we will fulfill our purpose because he will have provision out there. Amen? Well, that's about all I got this morning. I'm going to pray for this boy that's got uh, cancer. Now, you came up a couple of weeks ago. Now, you said, now, I thought he'd been prayed for. Well, another prayer don't hurt. But I've uh, uh, been praying, and uh, Teresa, I've been having special prayer for you, darling. Well, I don't mean to call you darling. I, your husband's here. I don't mean nothing by that. But I've been, I've been praying for you because I'm, I, I'm believing that God is putting things in your path, and we're, we're, we're going to be out of this situation with the cancer. Yeah. We're going to believe that. Now, I'm going to share something with you. When you're believing for a miracle, when you're really believing for a miracle, get somebody who believes with you yeah. that can agree with you. Yeah. It's important to have a team approach to, to fighting the devil. So if you can get someone, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this boy here. Now Roger, because we got some people who probably don't know you. There is a bug on you that's what was, that's what's been dropping on my head. oh my goodness but now, how long has it been since you came to this church and they said you had six months to live yeah, ten and a half years, ten and a half years. Yeah. when you came here yeah. you had they gave right. Yeah. Three to six months to live. Ten and a half years we've been putting up with you. <laughs> so now if, it, if God will do it for him, come on now. He'll do it for anyone. Right. but let me tell you, let me tell you his key to victory. and I can honestly say this, in, in the 10 or 11 years that you've been here, not once, not once have I ever heard this man speak any doubt about this cancer. Because every time he spoke, he spoke positive that I'm healed, bless God. And it's so important what comes out of our mouth. But I like to think this, Roger, that we, we had very little to do with anything with this. But I like to think that you had God had a purpose for you to live. And I like to think that you came somewhere where there was provision for you to fulfill your purpose. Because we believe God for you. Let's stand. Well, I hope you got something out of this.